God is so good. I'm so excited to be here and to, to tell you guys the word that God has placed in my heart, that God has placed in our hearts, mine and Kevin's. Um, it's been a long time coming for this word. This word, I'm telling you guys, it's been such a burden in my heart, such a burden, a, a good burden. Um, like, I just need to, to release this. God wants to speak to every single one of you guys, every single one of you. God wants to, to tell you something. So I, I just ask that you guys just tune your ears in, that you guys are sensitive to God's voice, that you guys receive what God wants to speak to you. Um, my assignment today, my assignment today isn't to give you guys a word, give you guys a message that's going to bring you comfort. I know that sounds a little weird. You guys want a message, you know, that's going to bring you comfort, but my assignment today isn't to bring you a message that brings you comfort. It might make you a little uncomfortable. There might be some discomfort, but don't be scared. Discomfort is a good thing. You can't change without comfort. You can't move without with, with comfort. If you're comfortable, then you're going to stay where you're at. But if you're uncomfortable, then you got to move. There's times where, you know, you're, you're sitting down and you're like, wow, I'm uncomfortable. What do you do? You, you move. You start to move. So this word might make you a little uncomfortable. I'm sorry in advance. But don't be scared. Don't stop listening. Listen more if you start to feel uncomfortable because God is speaking to you. God is stirring something in your heart. Amen. Amen. Let us pray. God, thank you so much, Lord, for this word that you have given me, God. I pray right now, Lord, that you just use me as your microphone, God, as your vessel. I pray that every word that comes out of my mouth, Lord, comes from you. I pray that every word, God, that there's presence behind everything, Jesus, because without you, Lord, this is just, these are just words, God, but with your presence, I know that you can bring transformation, God. I know that you can bring change, Lord. God, I ask that every heart may be opened up to hear your word tonight to receive what you have to tell them, God. Open up every heart, my Lord. Have your way in this place, God. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. Why don't you guys turn to the person next to you and tell them or ask them, what are you waiting for? What are you waiting for? What are you waiting for? If you can turn with me in your Bibles to the book of Matthew, if you can't find the book of Matthew, it's the first book in the New Testament, so just find, you know, the end of the Old Testament. Matthew is the first book of the New Testament. Turn with me to Matthew and to chapter 25, verse 14. When you guys have it, say amen. Say, I got it. And it, yes, awesome. It's on the screens. Amen. So what we're about to read um, is something called a parable. And a parable is like a short story that Jesus would speak to the people, would speak to his disciples so that they could understand the message that he was trying to bring better. So he would relate it to, you know, whatever was like, you know, whatever that they could relate it to back then. So if it was, whatever it was, he made it easier for them to understand it, to relate to it better so that they could get the message. So this is a parable. It's not to be taken literally, but to, to look at, you know, the, the meaning behind it. So let's go ahead and read in the name of Jesus. 
Um, I have a different version on my Mac, so I'm just going to read this one with you guys so that you guys don't get confused. It says, for it will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted to them his property. To one, he gave five talents, to another two, to another one, to each according to his ability. Then he went away. He who had received the five talents went at once and traded with them, and he made five talents more. So also he who had the two talents made two talents more. But he who had received the one talent went and dug in the ground and hid his master's money. Now, after a long time, the master of those servants came and settled accounts with them. I think that's it. Amen. So basically, what Jesus is trying to say through this parable is that there was a master, and he had three servants. He probably had more, but he's talking about three servants right now. And to one he gave five, to one he gave two, and to one he gave one. The one that he gave five and the one that he gave two to went away after, after um, the master went away, and he, they made more of what was given to them, and they came back, and they were like, look, this is what we have. But the one that had one went, and he just took what was given to him, and he hid it, and he buried it in the ground. So basically what Jesus was trying to tell them was that Jesus was the master that's in this parable, um, and Jesus is going to go away on a long journey. So Jesus, Jesus didn't, you know, Jesus doesn't live now. Jesus didn't live forever. Jesus had to go. Jesus had to ascend to heaven. But he promised us that he would come back. Yeah. And when he would come back, he's saying that he's going to settle accounts with them. So he was telling the disciples, look, I have to go, but I'm going to leave you with something. And whatever you do with that something, you're going to have to come back and show me. You're going to have to come back and tell me exactly what you did with what I gave you. Amen. So, so two of them went, right, and, and they gave, and they, and they invested into what was given to them. And the same way that Jesus entrusted his disciples with something, the same way that master entrusted those servants with something, God is entrusting you with something. God has given you something. God has placed something in your hands. And when Jesus comes back, Jesus is going to ask you, what did you do with what I gave you? I've given you gifts. I've given you talents. I've given you abilities. Whatever it is, I've given you resources. The same way Jesus entrusted the disciples with something, God is entrusting you with something. And the same way Jesus is going to ask the disciples, what did you do with what I gave you when he comes back? He's going to ask us what we did with what he gave us. So are you, are you the two servants that went and, and, and did something with what was given to them? Or are you that one servant that is, is hiding what God has given you, is, is burying it? Are you using what God has placed in your hands? An even better question is, are you being a good steward of what God has given you? Are you being responsible over what God's giving you? Or are you too comfortable where you're at? Too comfortable to step out in boldness in what God has given you? Too comfortable to, to move and, and to do something with what God has given you? Have you allowed fear to, to stop you from doing something with, God has, with what God has given you? Where are you? Where, where's... Where's what God is, has given you? What is it doing? What are you doing with it? These are things that you just, 
I just want you to think about as we continue reading um, in the passage, the parable continues in verse 20, and it says, mm -mm. the man who had received five bags of gold brought the other five. Master, he said, you entrusted me with five bags of gold. See, I have gained five more. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. The man with two bags of gold also came. Master, he said, you entrusted me with two bags of gold. See, I have gained two more. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. So the servants who received five bags of gold and two bags of gold, they did something with what they were given. The master placed something in their hands. In this case was, was the bags of gold, knowing that if, you know, if, if he gave it to them and he entrusted them with this, that they would be fruitful, that they would multiply what was given to them, and that they would, they would do something with their gift. So when God entrusts you with a gift, with an ability, with grace, whatever it is, if you are a good steward of it and you use it wisely, it's going to produce fruit. It's going to multiply. You're going to see more than what you, what you put in. When you are faithful with what God gives you, not only do you reap what you sow, but when God sees that you're faithful in the little that he has given you, God is going to give you many more things. Amen. So Matthew 25, 29 says, that's the verse that was up earlier. It says, for to everyone who has and values his blessings and gifts from God and has used them wisely, more will be given. And he will be richly supplied so that he will have an abundance. But from the one who does not have, because he has ignored or disregarded his blessings and gifts from God, even what he does will be taken away. God can't trust what hasn't been tested. The same way, you know, we trust things that we use um, in our daily lives because they've been tested. You know how a lot of things say, like, tested on animals or not tested on animals if it's, like, cruelty-free. Um, yeah. <laughs> but um, we trust things because they've been tested, because they've gone through the trial. And God can't trust you with something until you've been tested, until he can see where your heart is. He's not going to give it to you all at once if you haven't been tested yet. So he's going to give you like a trial run, like a test run. He's going to be like, here, I'm giving you this right now. Let's see where your heart is and what you're going to do with what I've given you. Once I can see that you're trustworthy of the things that I can place in your hands, that's when I can give you many more things and I can make you in charge of many more things. But until then, I need to make sure that what I'm placing is being placed in good hands. So there's so many times where we're like, God, I want more. I want more of your blessings. I want more of your anointing. I want more of, of, of your glory. God, give me more. Give me more. Give me more. And we're asking God for more. And we're like, God, please give me more. God, why aren't you giving me more? And God's like, what are you doing with what I've already given you? I've placed something in your hands and you're ignoring it because it's not, you know, it's not the five bags of gold, it's the one bag of gold. But if you're not doing anything with that one bag of gold and you're not being faithful in the little, how is God going to make you in charge of more? Another question is, are you ready for more? Are you ready for what God 
wants to give you a God, because God is a good God, and God wants to give you a lot. He does. But until you've been tested, he can't give you more. And until you're ready, he can't give you more. Are you ready for what's required of you when God gives you more? Because to whom much is given, much is required. You're not going to get a lot without putting in anything. A lot will be required of you when a lot is given to you. When God blesses you with more blessings, with more anointing, with more exposure, with more reach, whatever it is, God is calling you to a higher standard. You have to, to do what's required of you. Now you have to put in a lot more work. A lot more preparation has to be done. You just, you can't just, the same way that the, the, the servant with the one bag just, just left it there and just sat. You can't just sit down. You can't just expect for God to continue blessing you and to give you more if you're not putting in the work that is required for what he's giving you. Um, I want to give you guys like a little story. I wanted a guitar so bad. <laughs> when I was younger, when I was like in middle school, like maybe sixth grade, seventh grade, I wanted a guitar so bad. I was like, oh my gosh, all I want is a guitar for Christmas, guys. I was telling my parents, I was like, all I want is a guitar. Like, please, that's all I want. And they were like, you're not even going to learn to play it. And I'm like, no, as soon as I get that guitar, like I'm going to start taking lessons. Like, I got this. Like, I just want that guitar. So I think I was like in seventh grade. My grandma gave me the guitar for Christmas, and I literally cried, guys, when I got that guitar. I was so emotional. I was so happy. I was like, thank you. Thank you so much. I felt so blessed to have that. Can you guys believe I still don't know how to play not even one song on the guitar, and I've had it since seventh grade? So somebody gave me this gift, but it's useless because I never put in the work. I never did what was required of me in order for that gift and how do you think that, that my grandma feels? <laughs> I mean, I don't know if she knows that I haven't learned. I'm pretty sure she does. I don't think she thinks about it anymore. But if I were to remind her, she's probably like, how I bought you this expensive guitar and you never once learned to play it. So how is God going to give you something that he's entrusting you with when you're not going to put in the work to do what's required of you in order for that gift to be used, in order for that gift to glorify God. Yeah. My guitar is useless. Like, I mean, unless I give it to somebody that knows how to play it, but it's been in my, like, closet for mad long, not doing anything. And what is a gift if all you're doing is just burying it? Like, I buried my guitar in the closet. Yeah. Why would God give you something if it's not going to be put to use? You want God to give you more blessings, but God knows your heart, and God knows if you're ready to put in the work that that blessing is required. God want, you, want to, you want God to give you a greater anointing, but you're not willing to sacrifice time, to spend time in the presence of God, because without spending time in the presence of God, where's your anointing coming from? You need to spend time in God's presence. You know, we don't we don't want to sacrifice our Netflix time. We don't want to sacrifice the time that we're spending hanging out with our friends. I, I knew this guy once who, we would always go out to eat, you know, after church, like we always do. And he would be like, no, like I'm going home. And he would go home to spend time in the presence of God. And that guy, that guy is anointed. That guy, I'm telling you, if you hear him right now, you'd be like, wow, like, how does he have such a gift? And it was because 
when God gave him that gift, he sacrificed. He was like, no, I'm not going to spend time with these people right now. I can spend time with them another day. What's more important to me right now is that I use what God is giving me, my time to spend time with him, to be in his presence so that God can give me a greater anointing. You want God to give you a platform, exposure. You want to be exposed and you want, you know, people to see you and people to see your gift. But is your heart in the right place? Or when God exposes you, is, is your ego going to get in the way? Are you going to say, wow, that's it. Like, this is all I wanted. Now I'm on the, on the platform. I don't have to give glory to God anymore. He gave me what I wanted. It's all, the glory belongs to me now. I'm the one on the platform. Is that where your heart is? If God gives you that reach, that exposure? We want all of these things, but when God gives us more, more is required of us. And when God, when God calls us to more, we have to live a life worthy of that call. So not only do you have to, to sacrifice, to put in the work for that gift, but you can't just just get by anymore you can't just you can't just live the same life that everybody else lives you have to live a life that's worthy of the call you are called to a higher standard you're representing God now God has given you this gift not to represent yourself but to represent him and if you're not living a life that matches up to what he's given you you're not ready for what God is what God is going to give you we can no longer just get by like we can't just get by this Christian life isn't to just get by okay well you know, I'm, I'm not necessarily sinning. Um, I'm just just doing it because it's fun and because I'm young. And why not? You know, I, I'm not necessarily sinning. But when you do that, are you representing, are you giving God a good name? Are you representing God well? Are you living a life that's worthy of the call that God has placed over your life? Are we pursuing holiness? Are we living in full repentance, looking at God, this is God, and we're, you know, are we living a life that's fully focused on him and, and, and just pursuing holiness, or are we like Lot's wife who was running this way, but she kept looking back to her Sodom and Gomorrah? What's your Sodom and Gomorrah? What do you keep on looking back to? What is it that is stopping you from receiving what God is trying to give you because you can't, you can't receive from him if you're, you're looking this way. God wants to give you something and, and you can't continue looking this way to the things of your past, to the things that, that you want to do because it satisfies your flesh, because it's, it feels good in the moment, because you don't want to sacrifice that for what God wants to do in your life. Are you trying to see how far you could go without getting too far, without it? being considered sin, there's so much you can do, like, before you cross that line. But just because you're not crossing the line doesn't mean it's, it's holy. Doesn't mean it's honoring God. You could be dishonoring God and not committing, you know, a sin against one of the Ten Commandments. It is only then when you live a life fully focused on God, pursuing holiness, not looking back, that God can give you what he wants to give you. God is a good God, and, and, your, and your salvation, it's a free gift. But if you want more than that, if you want to tap into more of what God has given you, you can't live a normal life anymore. You can't. And I know it sounds harsh, like, dang, like, well, I want to live a normal life, and God, I just want you to still bless me. What are we, how, what are we asking God? 
the cost to, to what God wants to do in your life, there, there's a cost to it. But it's a small price to pay. It's a small price to pay in comparison to all that God wants for you, all that God has for you. God has so much in store for your life. But if you're not willing to pay that small cost, God can't place something in your hands that you're not trustworthy of. In comparison to, to all these things that you keep on looking back to that, that aren't allowing you to step fully into to what God has called for you. And in comparison to that, it's like a candle to the sun. This this is nothing compared to what God wants for you. Stop looking back at the things that are only going to give you temporary satisfaction when God has, I'm telling you guys, God has so much for your life. God has so much in store for you. He wants to give you so much. Sometimes we find ourselves like the last servant, and perhaps the last servant was afraid of what it would cost him if he were to use that one bag that was given to him. Perhaps he was, he was afraid that people would be like, what are you doing? You only have one bag of gold. Like, what are you doing with that? You're, you, why are you trying to use it? He was afraid of the cost that it took to use that. But it's such a small price to pay. I'm telling you guys, it's so worth it when you sacrifice so that God can bless you with what he wants to bless you with. If anything, it costs more to continue, you know, trying to look back and not to tap into what God wants for you because you're cheating yourself of so much, so much. God wants to do so much for you, and you're so worried and preoccupied with everything else that you're cheating yourself of so much, so much. You're risking all of this for a little bit of this. Let's continue reading. In the, power, in the parable. And this is the, the part where it speaks about the last servant. In Matthew chapter 25, verse 24, it says, Then he who had received the one talent came and said, Lord, I knew you to be a hard man, reaping where you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered seed. And I was afraid and went and hid your talent in the ground. Look, there you have what is yours. But this Lord answered and said to him, You wicked and lazy servant. You knew that I reap where I have not sown and gathered where I have not scattered seed. The servant who had received one talent, he hid what the master gave him. He buried it in the ground because he was afraid. How many times have you taken what God has given you and you've hid it and you've buried it because you're afraid out of fear, out of fear of rejection, out of fear of the cost, out of fear of what people will say? Fear of, of accepting the call of, of, of the sacrifice. We're running from our destiny and from a life that's filled with favor, a life that's filled with blessing because we're afraid, because we're just too scared. And we have to stop. We have to stop allowing fear. We have to stop allowing ourselves to be too scared to do something with what God has given us. We can no longer allow fear to continue to, to strip from us what God wants to give us. Why are we allowing fear, the lies of the enemy, to strip us from what all that God has given us? We don't have time. There's, there's no time to wait anymore. There's no time to waste on, on being too scared because you feel like you're not ready. Feeling scared, feeling 
nervous and scared to do something, that doesn't mean you're not ready. That's not an indicator that you're not ready. That's an indicator that you're about to step into uncharted waters, into somewhere where you have not stepped on, and God's about to do something amazing in your life. God's about to break chains. God's about to do something beautiful in your life. So that, like, anticipation, that's what it is. And you're scared because you're like, I'm not ready, or um, what are they going to say when I do this? The rejection, like, I can't let go of these things. You're, you're too scared to let go. You're, whatever it is that you're afraid of, you're too afraid to do something what God has given you. But we can't. Our time is now. We can't wait any longer. We don't know the time or the hour that Jesus will come back. Our time is right now. We need to do something with what God has given us right now. Every single one of you has been given a gift, every one of you. Every person that's standing under the sound of my voice has a gift, has a talent, has an ability that is unique to you that God placed within you so that you can fulfill the calling that he has over your life. Whatever it is, whether it's a gift, like like um, Jonathan was saying, whether it's a gift in music or a gift in the arts or a gift to speak or a gift of hospitality, you know, a gift, whatever your gift is, it's to counsel. God has given you a gift and there's something that you're, you're good at and you've been good at for a long time, your whole life, and you're like, why am I so good at this? It's because God gave you that gift. And that gift wasn't meant to be held by you. It wasn't meant to be kept within you, buried within you. It was meant to be exposed. It was meant to be used for God's glory. It wasn't this price. There's a song, um, I think it's called Waste It All. And she's in, and, and, and the girl in the song, she's saying, I'm going to waste it all on you. I don't care if I'm called a fool because this priceless gift you gave, it wasn't meant for me to hold. God didn't give it to me so that I can just hold it and keep it to myself and bury it and not use it. Whatever it is that God has given you, Use it. Use it for his glory. Are you being bold with what God has given you? We need to be bold with it. The, there's a story in the Bible. I'm sure a lot of you guys have heard of it. And it's the story of the woman with the alabaster box with the alabaster jar. And the disciples and Jesus, they were, they were in this house in like this living room. Let's just, let's just picture it in like a living room. And they see this woman, and they mention that she lived a sinful life. This woman, who was just normal and ordinary, because we all, you know, we all sin, we all fall short. Um, she came up to Jesus, and she was crying. She was weeping because Jesus was in front of her. And she took the box of expensive perfume that she had. And they say that that box was worth three years' wages. So imagine working three years to get a box of perfume. A whole three years of, of, of her salary, a whole three years of her wages um, was, was how much her, her box was. And so when she saw Jesus, she was weeping at his feet, and she broke that box, and she, and she put it on Jesus. She put the perfume on Jesus, and the disciples and the people around, um, around them were like, what is this girl doing? How is she wasting all that expensive perfume on, on what? On Jesus' feet? Like... What is she doing? Why is she wasting that? She's a fool. And many times people are going to look at us and they're going to see us doing something with what God has given us for God, for his glory. And they're going to be like, what are you doing with this gift? You could do so much with that. You're a fool for using it this way. But the woman with the alabaster box, she didn't care what they were saying. 
She didn't care that they were calling her a fool because Jesus was in front of her. Jesus, everyone else. Jesus, everyone else. She had the right idea. And you know what Jesus told her? What Jesus told the disciples? He said, why are you calling her a fool for this? Why are you telling her that she's wasting this? She's like, surely I tell you, everywhere that this gospel message is preached, her story would be discussed and remembered forever. So we continue to speak about this woman who, was, who had no name, who the Bible doesn't mention her name, that broke her alabaster box for Jesus because when you use what God has given you for his glory, for Jesus, he's going to bless you, he's going to use you, and you're going to impact lives. This woman has impacted so many lives because she was obedient to using her gift wisely for Jesus. So do you care more about people calling you a fool or do you care about honoring God? Or do you care about making an impact in someone's life? People might look at you crazy. They're gonna look at you crazy when you use your gifts to advance the kingdom. But guess what God's gonna say? When you settle accounts with God and, 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 and he asks you what you did with, with what God gave you and you, you show him what you did, God's going to say, well done, my good and faithful servant. Well done, my good and faithful servant. When you understand that the day that you said yes to Jesus, not only did you say yes to Jesus, but you denied yourself. You said no to everything that was to serve yourself. You said yes to the call to serve others, to serve Jesus. The day you said yes to that call when God came and, and he took you out of your mess, when God came and he saved you from a future of, of torment, when God came and he took you out of that and you said yes to his call, you said no to serving yourself. You said no to, to your past. And you said, yes, God, I'm going to follow you. I'm going to do whatever I can to serve you and to serve others. I don't care what people have to say about, you know, what I'm doing with what God has given me. I don't care what people have to say about what I'm saying to them if they call me a fool or if they reject me. I don't care because God took me out of a mess. God saved me from myself. And now I can stand here and I can, I can give glory to the the one who saved my soul because of that and and when when you understand that when you understand that that God has saved you from so much for a purpose for a calling you don't care what people think because it's not about you anymore it's not it's not a, it's not about me anymore this life it's not about me it has nothing to do with me and it has everything to do with God and I'm here to serve God and I'm here to serve others What's most important to me is that people hear the gospel that saved me, that changed my life. Yeah. Maybe the reason that the master only gave one bag to that last servant is because he knew what would happen when he gave him one bag. He knew that that one bag wouldn't be invested because that master knew that servant's heart. He knew where his heart was at. He knew that the first two would bring him back more, would bring him, that they would see multiplication because he knew that their hearts were in it. Their hearts were ready to do whatever they can to, to bring more out of this. He knew that their hearts were there and he knew that the last servant's heart was rooted in laziness. He knew that the last servant's heart was rooted in complacency and being content with what he had, with what he was. 
So when God looks at your heart, what does he see? What does he see in your heart? Does he see a heart that is rooted in complacency, that is content with where it's at, that doesn't care to, to get a little uncomfortable? Does he see a heart that's filled with fear of, of rejection of whatever it is that's tainted by fear? Or does he see a heart that's filled with self-ambition, with me, 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 with wanting your own recognition, with wanting your praise? Notice how the first two servants, when they, when God trusts, when the master trusted them with something, they took it, they used it wisely, and what did they do after that? They came back to the master with what they had because it wasn't about them, because they didn't use it for themselves. They didn't care for it to be used for themselves. What they, where their heart was at was to, to honor the master, was to please the master. So they brought back to, to the master what, what, what was given to them and what they made out of what was given to them. They didn't hold anything in anymore because their hearts were in the right place. Maybe you aren't hiding your gifts. Maybe you're not that last servant that's buried your gift in the ground. Maybe you're using it, but you're not using it to glorify God. Maybe you're using it for your own vain conceit, for your own self-ambition, for your own recognition and your own praise. In the same way that the servant with the one bag didn't use his gift wisely because he hid it and he buried it is the same way when you use your gift for yourself that you're not using your gift wisely. And it's so easy. It's so easy for us to use our gifts for our own glory because we've been gifted and we have something that people, when people look at it, they're like, wow, she's gifted. Wow, he's gifted. And people, it's so easy to just fall into that, allowing people to, to praise you for what God has, what God has given you. Um, a couple days ago, um, I went to this open mic night. It was awesome, um, by the way. But I went to this open mic night and um, I signed myself up to like give like a piece and I was super nervous. And while I was sitting there, I was thinking, I have, you know, a couple poems and some are about God and some are about like, you know, other things like love and stuff. And I was like, hmm, like what should I, what should I, um, what should I use? And I was like, well, you know, I don't know if everybody here, you know, would be comfortable with me speaking about Jesus so boldly. I think that they would relate more to my, you know, my poem about love. And they'd probably think that I was a better poet if I spoke about love because they'd probably not like what I was saying, not because it wasn't good, but because it had to do with Jesus. So I struggled with that. And I was like, which one should I do? Should I do the poem about love or should I do the poem about Jesus? And I was already um, in the process of preparing this sermon and I was like slapped in the face I was like what am I doing how am I why am I struggling with this I'm preaching about using your gifts to glorify God and I'm here struggling with whether or not I should you know glorify God with my gift or if I should just play it safe and and do what you know the people will like more and I was like no 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 even if it makes people uncomfortable even if people don't like me even if people don't think I was good because I'm talking about Jesus I'm gonna use my gift to glorify God because that's what God is calling me to do and I did that and I and I um I I gave a poem about Jesus and when I tell you that people came up to me and they were like I was sobbing like 
And I, I know they didn't have the words to say, but God spoke to them. They didn't know that that was what was happening, that God was speaking to them. But God spoke to them. And to me, that would have given, that gave me so much more um, happiness that God was speaking to these people than if they were to be like, wow, you did really good if I spoke about, like, love. To me, what is that? But if I'm using my gift to glorify God and people are being impacted, people are being changed, people are being delivered, there are so many people that need us to use our gifts. They're, they're relying on us to use our gifts wisely and for his glory. Sometimes it's so much easier to just play it safe and to do something that wouldn't make people uncomfortable, to do something that, you know, people would relate to more, but it's not worth it. Because the blessing that you receive after you do something that gives God glory is a blessing like no other because you're impacting lives, you're changing lives. Amen. Ultimately, what determines how far you're going to go in this thing, how much glory you're going to see, how much God is going to give you is where your heart's at. Where is your heart are you rooted in complacency? Are you rooted in contentment? Are you rooted in jealousy over, you know, you just getting one bag and somebody else getting five bags? That's metaphorical, but you put whatever it is in the one bag and whatever it is in the five bags. Where's your heart at? Or is your heart to serve others? Is your heart rooted in gratitude over what God has done for you? that you can't just hide your gifts. You're so grateful to God for saving you, for taking you out of your mess that you're like, no, I gotta do something with what God has given me. God is sovereign. God is sovereign overall. He is in control, but I believe that God is sovereign, but God gives you space to be responsible over what he's given you, to do something. And I believe that you determine how much you're, much glory you're going to see, how far you're going to get into your purpose. You determine that. Of course, there's there's a calling that God has over your life, and no man can touch that, and, and it's going to happen. But if you want to see more, that's on you. That's on where your heart is at. And something that also, like, just stuck out to me these past couple weeks while I was preparing this sermon was that, you know, the, the last servant got one bag and, and the other two got five and two. And I'm pretty sure that guy with the one bag was like, how come they got five and two and I only got one? And he might have been jealous a little bit. And, and sometimes we look at people around us and we're like, my gift doesn't measure up to their gifts. My talents, what God has given me, doesn't measure up to what they have given me. But in this day and age, we're so worried about comparing ourselves because we see so much on social media. Social media is a false image. Social media, when you, when you go on social media, what do you do? You post the best parts of your life. You post the best things. And so on social media, people look so good. And you're looking at these people that... Um, have their lives all set together and you're like man like if only I could be like that person if only I had you know what they had but when we when we do that we're what we're doing is we're comparing ourselves to a false image to something that that isn't real you don't know their story you don't know what they went through to get to where they're going so maybe you're that person with that one bag and you're seeing people with five bags but don't get discouraged 
because God has a different story for you and God wants to do something in you and if you're faithful in the little, God will bless you with more. Amen? Everyone loves using the quote, God will only give me what I can handle when it comes to negative things. We're like, wow, like, God's not going to do that to me. Like, he's not going to put me through that because I can't handle that. But we don't, we don't know that that quote is used also for the blessings. God's not going to give you more blessing, more anointing, more calling if, you're not, if, you're, if you can't handle it, if you can't do what's required of you. Once he sees that you're faithful in the little and what God has given you, God will trust you with more. Whatever it is that has your heart in the wrong place, whatever it is that's holding you back, whether it's fear, whatever it is that's holding you back, maybe you're just not, you're just too content with where you're at. I want you to take whatever that is and I want you to say enough is enough. I'm not going to allow you to steal from my calling. I'm not going to allow you to strip me from all that God is giving me. That's it. Enough is enough. I'm going to do what God is calling me to do with my gifts. I'm going to do what God is calling me to do with, with what he's given me. I want to be able to answer God when he, when he asks me, what have you done with what I've given you? And for him to tell me, well done, my good and faithful servant. And, and I think if there's a gift that you have been given, that everybody has been given, that you cannot be shy with, that you have to be bold with, it's the gift of salvation. God has given you a gift freely that is priceless, and it's the gift of salvation. And what are you doing with that? That gift wasn't meant for you to keep to yourself. You need to do something with the gift that God has given you of salvation. Amen? Let's, let's go and tell the world that God saved me, that God redeemed me. Because there's people that are running to hell right now. What are we doing with those people? What are you doing with the people that God has placed around us? If you see a child and you see him running into the street and a car is about to hit him, what are you going to do? Are you going to stand there and watch? No, you're going to do something to save that child because it's about to die. And if you see someone that's running to hell, what are you going to do? You're going to do whatever you can to show them the love that you have received, to show them the salvation that you have received. Amen. This is the Great Commission. This is what we're all called to do. So when Christ comes back and he asks you, what have you done with what I've given you? And more specifically, what have you done with who I've given you? What will you be able to say? I know I'm a little pressed on time, but there's one more thing I want to tell you guys. Um, and it's that ever since I started coming to this church, I knew that new birth was different. New birth is different. New birth isn't like just new birth. God has called new birth to something so amazing, so extraordinary. I've known it since I walked into this door. But if we're not in the right place and we're not in the right position to receive what God is trying to give new birth and to do what God is trying to do with new birth, we're not going to be able to see the glory that God is trying to put to place over over new birth, over our over our ministry, over our, our young adults, over our youth. God is not going to gonna give you the glory that he's promised us if we aren't doing what we're supposed to do and using our gifts wisely amen so every one of you guys has been given a gift every one of you guys has been given much by God and God wants to use you God wants to take what God wants you to take what he's given you to, to reach uh, glories that you've never seen before, to experience things you've never seen before. 
So I want you to look at yourself, to look at your heart and say, God, where's my heart at? Is my heart to serve you? Do I want what you're going to give me? Do I want more? Do I want to tap into more? This is your opportunity to say yes to that call. God, yes, I want more of what you've given me. I, I want to receive what you're trying to give me. God, I want it. I want it. I want it. And if that's you and, you're, and you want to say yes to the call, I promise you, when you say yes, it might be difficult. No, it's going to be difficult. I promise you that much. It's going to be difficult because you're going to have to sacrifice things. There's things you're going to have to let go of. You're going to have to let go of that sin. You're, you might have to let go uh, of those bad relationships. There are things you might have to let go of, but it's going to be worth it in the end because what God wants to do through you cannot, cannot be compared to anything.